You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. What up, everybody, and welcome to episode... I believe it's 74, Benny. I, I think we had the curse of Michael Ryder come and kind of uh, delete that last episode. So I believe we're at episode 74. It's been a while. Uh, Benny, what up? How, how have you been handling quarantine? How is everything going on? Yeah, TJ Yoshi episode. Uh, very happy to be back. I know we took a little bit of a break, mainly to get our heads wrapped around everything that was going on. And also the league shut down we kind of wanted to avoid every episode turning into just coronavirus talk, uh, especially where, since you can get that content pretty much anywhere else you turn. But very happy to be back uh, here in New York. I've, me and Anna, the first lady, have been okay. Uh, we're through the worst of it uh, pretty much here. Um, just looking forward to continuing down that positive path. Summertime, opening up a little bit here and there, and trying to rebuild, you know? Agreed. And... Uh, just for touching as to why we haven't had episodes either i obviously the corona talk like you can just you can find that anywhere but the other thing for me was i did not want to be speculating every week as to what the nhl was doing because we've seen all these reports and i mean we could debate constantly as to what is or what isn't and go from there but it seems like there's now a plan in place that the teams yep. are going to abide by. So we just kind of wanted to be on the right track more than anything and not just feed into all the hoopla and make people think one thing and then instant, instant, it would be a bad credibility blow. Just like, oh, these idiots said it. And it's like, yep. yeah, well, sorry, we were reading something. We apologize for putting it out there, you know? Yeah, I kept myself busy by yelling at people around New York City not wearing masks back in April and early May. So I was keeping busy that way. I'm just happy you're busy, my friend. <laughs> um, I know we're going to get to the NHL kind of planned reopening, unofficial planned reopening, but we wanted to start this episode off first with some sad news in the sense that the AHL announced today that they are canceling the remainder of their regular season and playoffs uh, due to the coronavirus. Makes sense overall. Um, I mean, this is a league. We both worked with the Worcester Sharks in the AHL. This league and the teams within it are built around gate revenue. And I know they don't draw as many people as uh, NHL teams do, obviously. But I think it was 74 75% of every team's revenue in AHL comes from tickets. And people were not going to be going to games when they came, if they wanted to come back this spring. So it makes sense for the AHL to just kind of call it quits. Um, a little side note. NHL history trivia for you. This is the first time since 1936 that the Calder Cup will not be awarded in a season. Interesting. Yeah. So went through a world war, Vietnam, um, other pandemics, but this one took it out. Yeah. This fucking thing, man, it just won't go away. Uh, As for what you said about the gate revenue, like these teams live and die by it in a lot of these budgets for the AHL teams are basically we're paying the player salary and 
all these AHL teams, a lot of them are just kind of individual owners. Like some of them, the parent club may own them, but on the other end, there's individual CEOs and presidents that Mm -hmm. run these companies. And it's nightmarish to be honest, because they could not withstand paying for all the travel and then having nobody at these games. Like that would have just completely driven the whole league into the ground never never much the teams like this league would have been crippled so it's unfortunate i did figure at some point the ahl would cancel i'm hoping that now if the nhl does come back when the nhl comes back that now they're just going to have a lot more guys with them i think the black aces for the playoffs are going to be a lot deeper this year I think they want to keep an eye on these prospects, especially certain teams that are going to be against the cap or opening up some cap space as to whether or not these kids can come in and perform. And with that, they'll at least be able to see them throughout the remainder of the season and this postseason as to what their final thought on these guys are and if they can crack the roster. And I think that'll depict teams free agencies. Yeah. And just bring it to specifically to Rangers. It's disappointing just from a hockey point of view, um, Vitaly Kravtsov, he obviously had the rough start to the year, left and went back to Russia, then came back, and he started really getting on a roll when things were shutting down. Uh, they lose the opportunity to further evaluate defense prospects like Libor Hayek, uh, Igor Rykov. Uh, they signed a couple of guys from college <clears throat> uh, as college free agents or on the ELCs that now kind of lose that ability to just get their feet wet with a few game, regular season games in Hartford and potentially the playoffs and get that under their belt as they head into the summer and training camp in the fall. So that's a, it's kind of a missed uh, development tool and opportunity for the organizations, but like you couldn't come back, especially like these young kids and the support staff, you couldn't have them bust around, fly around and have them play games and just put teams that, and uh, personnel at risk for an AHL season. Um, it's just, they don't have to worry about the TV uh, revenue losses. They don't have to worry about sponsorship deals for the most part. So it just makes sense. It's just a little disappointing, obviously, for the players and also for the organizations that are trying to develop these guys. Agreed. And I mean, I, I think the AHL is one of those things where, like you said, where the NHL can kind of keep that inner circle very tight and very close and let their players only be exposed to certain things just with they have their own chefs they have their own practice facilities uh the private planes and so on and so forth when you get to the AHL where it's mainly bus rides and then it's local pizza shops that are serving your food <laughs> i just think that it just left the door open to too many possibilities of you know, contamination and people getting sick. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, disappointing, um, which kind of leads us into some other news that's been kind of circulating among some of the NHL insiders and beat reporters that the NHL is, they had a board of governors call last week. They spoke with Gary Bentman spoke with NHL PA on Friday of last week. I think, they're set for another board of governors call at some point this week as well, the week of May 11th, where they're going to try and kind of finalize a plan to move forward, uh, which is obviously a little bit still off in the future, but they want to at least start getting some firm 
uh, timelines down so players can start ramping things back up. I actually saw on Instagram today, Henrik Lundqvist is back at the practice facility and training, so maybe he got wind of something before it's made public. Uh, so basically what's happening right now, the latest word is the NHL is going to skip the remainder of the regular season. Uh, that's about 189 regular season games that are left uh, combined around the league just because they want to uh, eliminate the amount of time that players have to be away from their families because this is going to be in an isolated, almost bubble-like situation for the players to finish uh, the playoffs. And also they want to get and finish this season and the playoffs before the fall, where there could be another spike in coronavirus cases and things need to get shut down again. This way, they finish the 2019-20 season, and then if they need to delay the beginning of next year, it's kind of a clean break instead of start, go, start, go, start, go. Um, the issue with kind of eliminating the rest of the regular season is the league as a whole loses about 160 or $150 million dollars from their TV contracts that they either have to pay back or have that taken off of the back end of the TV deals that they have currently. But in the grand scheme of things, $150 million, where we were two months ago in early March, where the NHL thought that they would have to cancel everything, I think that's something that they will live with. Um, but just to get this out there, the NHL is thinking about doing going right back to the playoffs, but they would be staging a tw- 2014 tournament that would include a best of three play in a round. Uh, basically, what it sounds like is they're going to take the top 12 teams from each conference and then have them do a best of three play in a round and then somehow sort it out where it goes back to best of sevens and then advance all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Um, what are your thoughts on just jumping back to the playoffs and also as a 2014 kind of playoff? Uh, round robin here i love the 24 team thing i I think that's great and with the way how things kind of stopped it does give teams that were on that bubble a chance to play which is good the only thing i don't like is for the nhl to go right back into the playoffs obviously there's going to be a little bit of a rust factor i don't care if you have a two-week training camp or whatever you do once as you're into real game situations i do feel that chemistry and other things are built and need to be taken over so if someone comes back rusty if they're a step behind i just think it could be a little bit ugly a little bit of ugly hockey but at the same time with guys coming back and playing for a purpose and they're already in the playoffs that might eliminate that rust factor that might just be guys just you know pedal gas pedal to the floor um ready to play i mean it's been what two months now so i mean guys are well rested so i think it's just more of the skating part that'll be the rust factor as opposed to maybe uh the wind the hockey wind you know what i'm saying obviously when you're on the ice it's different but to go right into the playoffs and beat the shit out of each other i mean that could bring out the better in some guys yeah that was something i was going to ask you about in a sense of as a player I've kept reading all these articles and hearing these guys on Twitter saying, we don't want to just start back in the playoffs because they kind of get ramped up and going. It could lead to soft tissue injuries. Some guys uh, might not be able to get up to speed as quickly, especially uh, goaltenders in terms of uh, 
risk of higher injury. So it's interesting where they're leaning towards just skipping a regular season. On a flip side, you also don't want a team like Detroit having to bring all their players back for 10 games during the coronavirus and leave their families, and they're the worst team in the league. Where's their motivation there? That could also lead to injury. Yeah. Um, so I, I think at this point, like two-week minicamp for teams before two, this starts up and go? Two, two should be sufficient, yeah. I, I so think the only if that's other the plan, thing, that's fine. But I just think right now they need to get an actual date locked in because when they told people to go home, like some of the guys went back to Europe. They're not local. Yeah. And then instantly, because I know no matter what, they're telling anybody that flies into Boston, like it, whether it's international or not, which I don't even know if international's open yet, is automatically quarantined for 14 days. So. I just don't get as to is it going to be 14 days from then? Because that's already bringing us. If we go to tomorrow and we go 14 days, we're just about at June just to get the training yep. camp. Never mind the playoffs or anything else. Now, the question I have to you is how do you feel about hockey in the middle of summer? Like, this is going to be strange and awkward. Like, granted, I, I'm, I'm okay with it just to be able to see somebody win the cup, but on the awkward factor, like for players, I know a lot of these guys have their lake houses up in Ontario, Thunder Bay, Miss. Yeah, they're not going to be going there this year. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, this is going to dictate the future for them as to their time off and their rest period. And if it's even worth it for them to go up there. So how do you feel about all this going forward and the awkwardness of hockey competing with baseball? Well, I mean, when it comes to if they're just going to come back for the playoffs, you're basically coming back to crown a champion and kind of like at least put a bow on the 2019-2020 season. And you know, no matter when they come back, that it's basically going to be two months of playoff series and the fans of those teams and diehards are going to watch. And that's basically about it. You're not trying to recruit new fans, which you might. Uh, it sounds like if they come back over the summer... They might even start it before baseball starts. It sounds like baseball is trying to start up July 4th weekend. Um, you might just get people that are still at home, bored, quarantine locked up, and they'll, hey, listen, I'll watch anything, and they'll put on a hockey game, and they might become fans. You never know. Um, but playing over the summer, I mean, the ice issue isn't going to be a problem, especially since the arenas are going to be empty, so they're not going to have to worry about all that added heat of having doors open and then uh, 18, 20,000 people in the arena as well um i really think the biggest issue is going to be the players actually wanting to leave their family like devin dubnik of the minnesota wilds he had an interview uh with dspn today and he said guys with kids at home aren't interested in shackling up somewhere for four months and being away from them i know myself personally i'm not interested in packing up and going away for that length of time away from my family i can't imagine that anybody else would so I think that's why they're jumping right back to the playoffs because instead of doing four months trying to fit it in, you're doing eight weeks, eight, nine, ten weeks, and some of these guys might be more open to that. The other issue is what you brought up in terms of travel. The Canadian-U.S. border is closed. So if you go to Canada, you get 14-week quarantine. If you go to the U.S. from Canada, if that's even allowed, you get a 14-day quarantine. So... This, what happens to a team like Toronto or Vancouver? They don't. That eliminates them being able to have or 
post uh, a playoff round, a playoff series. So it kind of sounds like what they're going to be doing is doing those kind of hub city plan. Uh, they asked all the teams that they were interested to submit a proposal showing that they can fit multiple teams at a hockey facility. They have practice facilities. They have uh, medical facilities nearby, like hospital. They have enough testing capabilities. They're central, blah, blah, blah. So basically, it was like one hub city from each division would then host teams from their division or like a playoff series. So it would be interesting to see. I don't think Toronto would be able to do it. I know there's a lot of talk about Columbus uh, being able to host. Um, you can obviously roll out New York, Boston, New Jersey, things like that. But um, it would be, I think the most awkward thing, not playing in the summer, would be being a home or a higher seed playing on the road, uh, basically, because you don't have a crowd and you're also not playing in your home city. You don't have that comfort. Yeah, I was going to say home advantage in this is just completely out the window for everybody. It's yeah. just you're playing where you're playing. I think the only thing that changes is the color of the jersey. Or who knows, <laughs> maybe even here you don't even have to change the jersey colors just because there's no home in a way. You, you could yep. go white a whole series or you could go black or blue, whatever your color is a whole series. So uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see the way the NHL handles this, pick certain they cities like – it's going to be They strange. could do three games a day. If everybody, if all these teams, let's say the Metro um, is going to be playing Carolina or Columbus, they can have three, four games a day, like playoff games a day, and just space it out, and then NBC and NBCSN will broadcast it. And you can finish an entire playoff series in like three, four days, and then just like turn through these things. Like It may not even be ten weeks long. It could be for the six weeks, and then, and by the end of July, we have a Stanley Cup champion. One thing I want to see is I, I know somebody who's a marketing executive with Red Tag. It's a very big sponsorship company up in Canada, and they said they actually had a phone call this week with the league regarding advertising and sponsorships because all the board advertising. I think this might be the first time the NHL has to go to digital boards just to fulfill sponsorship requirements with companies and for example the toronto maple leafs usually all the canadian companies they have red tag on their boards with that i mean you're gonna need that there for a portion of these games so it might just have to be a digital switch behind the boards everything's behind plexi and see where it goes like it i'm excited it's gonna be coming back eventually but it just seems like there is a whole bunch of nightmarish stuff on the other side of this. Yeah. And the other thing I kind of continue in this conversation with the restart and everything else, a benefit to just going right to the playoffs is you had the seating, right? Yeah. That, that eliminates the issue of the draft with all the conditional picks and, uh, what's the draft order. It's just basically, okay, here's how it is. And I know there was a lot of concern about, uh, the conditional picks, like the Rangers are involved in a trade where the pick that they have a, are getting in return, which has a conditional uh, condition attached to it, is also involved in the trade with two other teams that has a condition on it. So it's like, well, what are they going to do? So now if they just do this, it kind of eliminates that. Um, I think a good way to wrap it up is just kind of going into what the, 
24 playoff teams would look like. So you have 12 from the East, 12 from the West. I highly doubt they're just going to go the top six teams from each division because then you would have a team like Buffalo making it over the Rangers, which isn't fair, obviously, and the Ducks over the Blackhawks. Um, so the top 12, top 12 teams in the East, so you would have Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Toronto, Columbus, the Islanders, the Rangers, Florida, and Montreal. They would be in the playoffs of the East. And in the West would be St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Edmonton, Dallas, Winnipeg, Calgary, Nashville, Vancouver, Minnesota, Arizona, and Chicago. Pretty good markets. Yeah, I was going to say the West sounds dangerous just because, uh, yet again, I know we've been on a break, but some of those teams at the end there were making a push. And if they come in right at the playoffs and things are clicking, it, it could be a, an interesting playoff series out West. Yeah, it sounds like the play-in would be... You would it would be a play in for the last two seeds. So the top six seeds are set, and then number seven and eight would be the play in. So you, for example, in the West, it would be Calgary versus Chicago, Nashville versus Arizona, and Vancouver versus Minnesota. And then the winners of those would play each other to f- kind of finish off the seventh and eighth seed in each conference. And in the East, it would be Toronto versus Montreal, Columbus versus Florida, and the Rangers versus the Islanders. I just wonder, depending on how good this goes, like these playing rounds, if the NHL keeps this for the future. Mm. I, I, I don't know. Oh, man, I think that would... They're negotiating the CBA now, to be honest. So they might, if it goes well and they like it and more teams get interested or fan base stay interested, it might be something up for debate. I just know that NHL is like the last, one of the last sports to ever want to change because we're so stuck in our ways, even more than Major League Baseball, I feel like. Well, well I'm just going off of one thing of, because this last, like you, you put 12 teams in as opposed to eight. The biggest thing that I see here is those teams that are on the out, that outside bubble originally before this 12 team. Who knows if they're trying to tank for a better lottery pick? So now they're almost automatically <laughs> pushed into it. So it's like, fuck it, we got to play. Um, how would you feel if the Bruins want to sell? Like, obviously, you'd be happy, you'd be excited. Like, taking that out of the equation, would it bother you where it's just like we won, but it was kind of like the season was shut down? We didn't even finish the regular season. It was like this weird play in format and. We weren't even playing at home or on a road in normal season. Like, would it kind of take away some of the oomph of being a Stanley Cup champion? I'll, I'll tell you what, it would be one that I would never forget just with everything <laughs> going up to it. But yeah, I mean, like last year, the whole playoffs, like we made an extravaganza out of it just on my end, me and Stratty. I mean, we were killing fucking cases of poor truckers. Like, it, it was a whole new thing for us. So, now i mean would it be different just because you know usually you're probably not going to have people at your house and you're kind of drinking alone yeah it might be a little different (laughs) yeah i I do think it does take away from it but hopefully as the playoffs goes on all these things start getting lifted and you know what maybe they might not be playing in front of fans but by the end of it we could all have parties at our house and get together so maybe it'll work out good on that end for the camaraderie part yeah so it's everything's kind of up in the air still. It's unofficial, but I feel like by the end of this week or the end of next week, because the NHL still says that they want to have 
facilities reopen for players to come back and start getting treatment or kind of getting ready for some game action by the end of May at the absolute latest. So in the next week, 7, 10, 14 days, we should have a pretty concrete idea on what's going to happen for the playoffs, how it's going to be formatted, when is it going to start. And to be honest, when we recorded our last episode and the season was canceled, I did not think we had a chance in hell of having a Stanley Cup champion crown for the 2019-20 season. So I am more than happy to wait until June, July, whenever, as long as it doesn't interfere with the start of next season. So I'm very happy. Yeah, as long as we can get through it, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, and the last topic we wanted to discuss this week, kind of staying in the realm of guys with too much time in our hands, uh, some social media follies. You want to take the lead on this one? Yeah, we'll fire away. So Brendan Leipzig, uh, I don't remember who he was originally a draft pick of, but he's bounced around through about five organizations through his tenure here in the NHL. Allegedly, uh, one of his friends' Instagram accounts got hacked, which led to this group chat that he had with, there was an AHL player, uh, and a couple other buddies in Leipzig, and the things that came out of this chat as to calling females pigs, what he was going to do to them, uh, referring to Tanner Pearson's wife as fat. Uh. He, he went through all of these things in here. It ends up being publicized. Uh, Washington just puts him on uh, waivers completely just to terminate his deal. They get rid of him. Like, what is this kid thinking? Like this is 2020. Like it, anything on social media now is dangerous. And and I'm not condoning what he said. I'm just saying in general, anything you do now or write can be seen that there's always going to be a set of eyes or someone who wants to get that information that can get it. And now all this comes out and this kid's never going to get another sniff in the NHL. Never. I mean, he might have. So? No, I, I. I just think like he might have been able to carve out like a bottom six role somewhere forever, like just bouncing from team to team. But after you put this out there, there's no way that like, especially with the Me Too movement and everything else that's gone on, how wild and crazy the NHL has been, especially with the Bill Peters and the racism. There's no way that anyone's going to sign this kid to any of that. Like he, he'll, he can go to Russia. He'll play in Russia. That, that'll be the rest of his career. <laughs> I love that's how always this, this story ends when we talk about it. It's like his days are numbered. Oh, he'll go to Russia. <laughs> yeah. Like, like NHL's done, but he could definitely go over there and play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, and I'm not condoning anything he said, it's pretty shitty of him. Like, I don't think it crossed the line into, I mean, I, I guess I may not have seen everything he said. The main thing I saw was what he, he called Tanner Pearson's wife fat. Um, and that's something where if I was Tanner Pearson, I don't want him suspended. I want him on the ice next next season so I can handle it myself. Um, he was extremely fucking baked when he was writing this stuff. So I will kind of give him some leash on not making the smartest decision as he was high as shit. <laughs> I guess, but it's like, 
he's in here talking about certain chicks from the club that they're all together with. And he's like, uh, yet again, th- this chick's, this chick's a pig. Th- th- this chick's going to yeah. go down on me. And it's like, dude, president Trump got absolutely roasted for his comments of, you know what, right in the where, in the end, in the, who know what. And we can't even say that this is locker room talk anymore because like if my kids over there talking like Brendan Leipzig, you know, I'm going to give him a backhander in the mouth. Like shut your mouth. Don't, yeah. don't be stupid. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe we're just in a different world and era and age, but it's like show some respect. I'm okay. This might get me into trouble, especially with any of the ladies that are listening. So You're going to say the duff, scene, aren't you? You're going to say the duff. <laughs> the one scene <laughs> at the Republican debate back in 2016 when Trump was being confronted about how he called all women pigs. And then he said, no, no, no. I only called Rosie O'Donnell a pig. <laughs> well, he was just clarifying. The like... way, <laughs> I know. The way he said it and everything else, it was just like, this guy, like... Why would he think that makes it better? <laughs> and every time I see that clip, it's always like randomly on YouTube or like Bill Maher will show it. It's just funny. Like he's an asshole. It's just the way he did it and he, the delivery of it was perfect. It was hilarious to me. But anyway, now I looked at, we have all the women's groups ready to burn me down. Maybe we should wrap it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, take it away. Where, where do you want to go with the ending here? Uh, you can do shout-outs. Um, I'll do a shout-out and maybe end it with some Today in NHL history to bring it back to some on-ice stuff. All right. Um, a a shout-out, a big shout-out to Big Red, just uh, taking care of uh, COVID on her unit at work. Um, thank God she's still safe, her and her workers. Uh, they're all good. They're covered in PPE. They're very <laughs> well protected. I'm very happy that uh, they're all safe. Um just so the other people that are listening or who I'm sure they're going to say uh, this COVID is, you know, a government, you know, a scheme, a cover oh, up, or whatever it is, j- j- just to be clarified. And just so you know, uh, my grandfather, who was in a nursing home in Newton, Mass, it went like wildfire through his nursing home and he passed away from this. So, no, I, I do not believe that it is a government sham. It is very real life. And going to a funeral under these circumstances was probably one of the strangest things I've ever done. Just yeah. socially distancing and numbers as to who can go into a funeral. Like it, it was just odd. It, it was kind of eerie and creepy in a sense. So no, it, it is not a sham. Um, everybody else who was abiding by these guidelines. Thank you. Let's get these numbers down. Let's get back to normalcy more than anything. Like, I'm currently daddy daycare. I'm currently daddy homeschooling. So yes, let, let's get back to as normalcy as quick as possible because the day when I can drop them off at daycare and go to work to celebrate and like, Oh my God, dude, I'm, I'm champagne. Like just, <laughs> but yes, just everybody, please be safe. But more than anything, follow the rules. There's no reason to go out. If you don't have to, please, please, for the love of God, Benny to you. Yeah. So shout outs to the first lady, uh, been a very good quarantine partner this entire time here in New York, uh, has only threatened my life 
six or seven times, which I think is a pretty good ratio at this point. That's a good number. Um, also, shout out to another one. Uh, also, shout out to Greg. Uh, I hope she was able to utilize the mask that I sent up. Uh, but thank you to her and all of her colleagues and all the nurses and doctors and EMS workers out there. Um, kind of similar to what you said, uh, one of Anna's friends lost her father to COVID. So this is definitely real. Take it seriously. And really, at this point, the weather's starting to get nicer. Everybody's going to want to go out. The governors know this. They're going to try and space it out as much as possible. Wash your damn hands, wear a mask, and keep your distance from people, and you're going to be pretty much okay. So don't be an idiot. Um, but anyway, I got three today in NHL history for you. In 1972, Bobby Orr scores his second cup-winning goal in three seasons, helping the Boston Bruins defeat my New York Rangers 3-0 at Madison Square Garden. Orr becomes the fourth player to score two cup-winning goals in his NHL career. In 1988, Mark Messier scores one goal and, and assists on three more, helping the Edmonton Oilers overpower the Red Wings 8-4 in a Game 5 win in the Campbell Conference Final. The, the Oilers advanced to the Sailing Cup Final for the fifth time in six seasons. And this didn't happen on May 11th. It happened yesterday. But shout out, it was the 50th anniversary of Bobby Orr's iconic goal that won the Sailing Cup for the Bruins against the St. Louis Blues in 1970. And I mean... We can agree there is no better picture in hockey or, or maybe sports just in general. Like just seeing that man fly through the air of the excitement in his face and the oh shit factor of wow, I'm pretty high right now. It, it just, <laughs> He's like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, yeah, insanity. I remember uh, hearing some stories about those old timers. I remember one time Bobby Orr was in the hospital and the, the team back then, they were so tight knit with Phil Esposito and all those guys that. They all legitimately went to Mass General. They put on scrubs. They went. They took Bobby out in the, in the hospital thing in the gurney. They took him out of the hospital. They they went partying and then they brought him back the next morning. Like <laughs> just incredible stories. And I mean, back then those guys were just insane. Oh, but when do you think we're going to be back at this? Just to give an idea. Let me look yeah, at my should calendar. we come back only when we have a confirmation on when things are coming back for good? I mean, yeah, we, we could do like when everything's officially set in stone, if they give us actual locations, so maybe we can judge location and places and go from there as to okay. yay, nay, whatever we think. That sounds good to me. All right, buddy. Well, kind of getting back into the swing of things, back to normal a little bit. I was going to say that talk about it going to be an awkward uh Listen, for whatever we preview for the playoffs this year, take it with the grain of salt because who knows who's going to be coming out flying and who's not. <laughs> it's going to be a weird time. But uh, everybody, thank you as always for listening. Uh, we know it's been a while. We apologize. But like we said, we didn't want to feed you anything fake. Seems like everything's ta taking shape here. We will catch you guys, uh, usually, like I say, next week for another jam-packed episode. But we will catch you guys soon for another jam-packed episode of 2, 5, and 10. And all I have to say to you, COVID, is leave. Get out right now. Adios, everybody. <laughs>